In a world run by mad men, expect to see some mad women. From bodily autonomy to parenting dynamics to workplace standards, women everywhere are fed up. If you're one of them, you've come to the right place because we're about to set that kitchen they put us in on fire. Die mad about it. Welcome to Die Mad About It. It's the show where we tell Doug to fuck off and he, well, dies mad about it. I'm your host, Brooke, a.k.a. The Truthful G, and I'm with... Amy, the president of WeMed. In the spirit of Halloween, we have a spooky treat for you guys. It's See You Next Tuesday from TikTok, here to tell us a Halloween horror story. Gather around the podcast fire pit, grab a blanket and some wine, because this is Tales from the Divorcing a Narcissist Crip. We're scaring the dogs. I love <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> so, um, are you comfortable with us sharing your first name then? Caesar? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, Liz, tell us just a, a little brief bit about yourself and your TikTok, and then we'll start to get into your story here. Yeah. So, I guess um, I got addicted to TikTok just like everyone else during the pandemic and um, took a video of my dog, Dolores, one day after she had had a dental surgery. So cute. And she was super loopy. And so I had 17 followers, just friends that night, had never posted before. And the next day I was like, oh shit, it's like 30,000. <laughs> so yeah, so that was bananas. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a dog person. I am on my second marriage. I shouldn't say it like that. I married the most wonderful person in the world, but the first one didn't go so smoothly. So uh, nice. anyway, so I've been following the truthful groomer and that's how we all met. And she said, who wants to be on the podcast? And I raised my hand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always open to people coming on here and sharing all their whole story about their experience with the patriarchy, because that's what divorcing a narcissist is. Um, so the reason you're here today is you told me you have some pretty good, you know, pretty good experience to share with how things went for you. So how was it in the beginning when you met your narcissist? Um, tell us how that unfolded in the beginning. Yeah. So I think the added layer to this, and I will say that I am triggered by uh, <laughs> a lot of patriarchy kind of business that you might've noticed is, is uh, we got a lot of plenty to, plenty to work with lately. But no, I started hearing about, it was right when the Adam Levine thing happened. I was like, you know, musicians kind of think they can do like anything they want to do when they reach a certain level or not. Um, mine was the or not. But um, I met him when I was 14, maybe 15 years old. Very young. Um, yeah, very young. I was a delightful little product of the um, troubled teen industry. So I was relegated Same. to a awesome, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was great. I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Good times. It was fun. It was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I had to go to a 12-step program um, where you would think in theory you would be safe, but as we know, that is not always the case. So I won't say anything negative about AA. I think it's awesome or any of the anonymous programs. Great. But in my particular case, this man who was uh, 22 years older than me walked in 
and yeah and uh at wow. that time okay y'all it was the 90s so like I was into like I assume that's where this was headed but I wasn't sure but that <laughs> we're there yep so. we're there we're there okay okay so yeah it seems kind of targeted though is that not like where people are obviously vulnerable and you're of a certain age and so to come as a 22 year older gentleman it seems you know a bit targeted so well that is is. like i had to change Mm -hmm. my name from the truthful groomer to the truthful g for that reason Mm -hmm. that is by definition kind of what was happening to you was it not liz gotcha yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah and i you know, when you're that age, you think you know everything anyway. And I felt like this is a great idea. And he swept me off my feet. And just like that, I mean, it was, you know, we had to keep this quiet. And so it became my secret. And um, he introduced me to, he was a a musician and a former recovering heroin addict, but that didn't fix his personality. (laughs) I know, right? I know, right? Oh, man, and uh, yeah, it totally sucked. So it was crazy. So yeah, I hit it um, for a few months. I didn't, I really, I think I knew him probably six months maybe before. Um, well, let me back up a little bit because he, during this time, introduced me to his sponsor. Um, and this, this is good dirt. He was someone that everyone would know, especially if you are from Texas and uh you like blues. And I got to meet his wife who was our domestic partner. She was maybe 21 at the time, but her parents had said, um, sure, you can go from New Zealand, head on over to Texas and marry this guy and uh, he'll pay for your school, yada, yada. And so I was so impressed by that. I thought, oh my God, I'll marry a musician. And so your parents were on board with this. My parents were not. Hers were were I probably oh. confused you. I'm sorry. Let me back. Oh, up. it's okay. I've had and nothing but being on board with this is questionable. Uh. <laughs> no, my parents were not on board. So um, he had um, an attorney help him fake my birth certificate and figure out that we could get married in New Orleans because of some. I don't understand it. We would need a, a legal person to explain it. But essentially, once you're married under Louisiana law at that time, anyway you're emancipated so it was really hard to fight so I so come back up for one second I'm sorry to interrupt yeah so no. um by this time say he's setting it up so that he's convinced you now that this is the right thing to do get married to him and he can find some he's got all these resources and he can take care of you he's a musician yada yada um at this point in time are you still a secret for the most part? I am right my dad had figured it out mm. Um, and I'm sorry, I should have, I should have started with no, that. That's okay. so, no, no, no. Yes. So my parents divorced when I was super young. So I realized it would be easier to get away with stuff if I just went and lived with my dad. So I was sneaking out, sneaking him in the house when my dad was at work. Um, so they did confront him, but in a therapist office, which I look back and I'm like, who okayed that? Like, <laughs> no, like, why were the police not called? Well, and it was like, like a 38 year old man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Isn't this that is wild liz this is crazy got me gooped it's way Good. worse than i thought it was gonna be it's horrible it's horrible <laughs> i know i didn't tell my therapist i was doing this first y'all because she'd probably be like trauma bonding much lady oh, man. <laughs> I but, heavily 
I do think it's like important to share, you know, because yeah, like when you're that age, you have no idea your brain isn't developed yet. And so I'm sure you thought it was a great plan. Why would well, and society would love if we would shut it down. They've been trying to shut us women up forever. So the fact that you can come out here and blast this out, just yes. lay it out for what it is. Putting your truth out there is like your number one weapon against what they want to do is hold us down. So you just gave me goosebumps. Uh. <laughs> so this guy, he preps you for how he wants. I already know where this is headed. I can't wait for the next part. Um, <laughs> I'm a sadist. I want to hear all the sick shit. Yes. So then I'm just really fascinated by the whole side. After I went through my own experiences, the whole process fascinates me now because I can dissect it one by one. So now you're with this guy. He is convinced you need to marry him, wrapped up in a pretty little bow. He's got people helping him. You are wifed up. And I'm sure that he's like love bombing you and all of this. Yes. Tell us where things started to go sour. Um, so I snuck out of my uh, bathroom window in the middle of the night and another person from the anonymous program, I will say, drove me to the airport. I flew to New Orleans, met him. Once I saw the hotel room, I that's when it went downhill. And I, I should have called my parents right then. And that's not my kind of hotel room. It's still not to this day. Like I was like, oh wait, I thought there, you know, like this was gonna be sort of a fairy tale and it wasn't, it was very much a, motor in kind of situation and we got married the next day um picked two random witnesses kind of off the street that were two-lane students bless their hearts and then we drove to LA and I had no I, I was so young and so I just didn't know any better and we it get there that no one along the way like these two witnesses maybe they were young women too so they didn't know or like as you said it was the 90s but nobody besides your own parents thought to be like excuse me yeah this is not okay. Why? one of them asked me where I lived I'll never forget it and I was like I, I don't know I, I mean I, I just like I had no I had no idea and yeah someone should have said like oh that that person looks like she's prepubescent we should probably right call for some help but yeah no okay so you're at the hotel you get your marriage license and then what happens then we get in a caprice classic and drive to uh la and that's when i start realizing like i don't think he was super honest with me really about yeah so i met his daughter who was older than me at the time she was an adult already like and her, she was probably 20 or 21 at the time. So, yeah. And I had no idea. And I was so young that I, I mean, I, I just had no clue what was happening. And then it kind of just felt like it started happening to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, the number of people in the music industry, in all men, of course, mostly men, I shouldn't say yeah. all, but mostly men, um, all just acted like it was great. And no one raised any alarm. No one. No one. So oh, wow. yeah, we, uh, how long were you married to him and what, what went on during that time? So, you know, it's some of the worst experiences that you can recall. I don't know if you've had this experience too, but a lot of it is just like a blur. Like a lot of it, I think I honestly just blocked out, but I was there for six, almost seven years until I called. Yeah. I called my dad one day and was like, you got to come get me. And of course he was, he did. Um, it's a blur from the gaslighting is what it is. 
Because you can't trust your own brain. Yeah. And it just didn't develop, you know? And then the shit show that came after that of like a 22-year-old who is um, able to legally drink and illegally buy drugs. And at that point, I just went like hardcore. I mean, it was a disaster for years after that because I just had no like reference points. I had no, I didn't know exactly right. I didn't know what was true and what wasn't true about anything. So. Yeah. Well, and that's the invincibility chapter of our lives, I like to call it, where you don't recognize your mortality whatsoever, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. True. Yeah, you feel invincible at that age. And, uh, oh, man, you were very young. I'm So, like, that that probably kind of shaped how you viewed the world as a whole. So once your dad came and got you, uh, I assume that's when the divorce started to take place. And yes. I just had to claw your way out of it. Yep. Tell us how that went. And then we'll kind of talk about where you're at now. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a disaster and, and wonderful all at the same time, right? Yeah, For like, you were, it was probably really good sex. It was fun. It was a lot of sex, like a ton. The toxic like a, ones are good sex. Yes, exactly. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, it took me just so long. I mean, I did not, when I left, I didn't know how to drive. I didn't know how to, I mean, I hadn't finished college. I had started some college, but I had to get my GED and like education is, I love it. I love it. I love it. I would be in school for the rest of my life if possible. So, but I did, I just didn't know. And I never, he just kept me so confined, controlled, this is something that's interesting and it's just like occurred to me doing therapy recently like I call it like this round of therapy as I'm sure you know you go through different but it's just a whole different level of healing that I'm at now um but like I just had this this realization the other day I was like he controlled what I ate even to the point where I was like super ill um and because he was vegetarian and at that, I didn't know how to eat. I'm vegan now, but I didn't know how to eat as a vegetarian. Right. And so I'm just this child trying to fit into it and just it, but I realized like he was controlling what I ate. If we were in a, at a restaurant in a drive-thru or whatever, he would tell me and so fucked up, so fucked up, but I don't think it's uncommon. And especially I bet if you asked him now, he still wouldn't think he did anything wrong. But we'd have to go to the crypt to find him because he's that age now. Um, Is he still, does he still harass you or is he, they move on to a new victim? Yeah, he moved on quickly and said that he had adopted a lot of children, which terrifies me. I don't, or not a lot, but a few. Um, Yeah, that's not great. (laughs) No. So I don't know if it's true or not. I have no idea. I try to like avoid it, but yeah, he still exists. I know that he exists and I, I keep tabs here and there for sure I mean it reminds it's very Woody Allen vibes and they 100% that Hollywood is a nepotism industry and a patriarchal industry and um so it makes sense that he would adopt uh and get away with the things that he got away with with you um during the divorce I assume you had to leave with nothing but the clothes on your back because that's usually how that goes Yeah, I did clear out the bank account, which was kind of fun. And I had my best friend, uh, who we're still friends to this day, um, came and 
visited me and we were supposed to pack, but we just went shopping and, and spent all the <laughs> cash that he had. So um, I bought a Jackie O going to Dallas dress is what we called it at a vintage store. And that was that. But yeah, it just, it started this unraveling, I think, you know, and heavy drinking, heavy drug use, yada, yada, all that stuff. And yes, I was, I was a little on the promiscuous side um, for sure, but with that nothing wrong with that nothing no that's some that. of the best years of our lives come on right <laughs> but the thing about and the thing about um looking back now and through all the therapy you've done and not to um try to pull anything out of you from yeah. all the work that you have done but i would love for our listeners to kind of hear what some of the red flags are now looking back right can you look back now and say well that kind of was was a red flag that i would see now through the work that i've done for myself you obviously at 14 15 I mean, I, I knew nothing at 14, 15. I thought I knew everything and boy, was I having a blast, but yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I can't even say like, I get gut feelings now and I have since I've been an adult. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just look at someone and be like, nope, <laughs> like something's yep. off, you know? So listen to that. And like, and the love bombing, I know we hear it so much, but fuck, I mean, it's just, it's a dirty game, man. And they're so good at it. They are so good at it and it's mm -hmm. just yeah. remarkable. And he was, you know, obviously sleeping with other women the entire time we were married oh. anyway. Yeah, that's another little fun layer. Mm -hmm. Sleeping but with other girls. Other, yes, other girls. Young girls, yeah. I assume. Not all of them, not all of them. Some wow. were surprises. Yeah, he got, he, yeah. He was not very selective. He, uh, he wasn't. Anywhere, any port in the store has <laughs> But yeah, red flags, like there's no reason anyone that's that much older than a child. I mean, let me back up because I'm sure that that happens as adults go with whatever age you want to. But yeah, like if your child is acting like something is off, just get in there and listen and be present and don't let a 14 or 15 year old, you know, make choices that are going to impact the rest of their lives, like do what you can to just show them love and not ship them off and expect for that to all just kind of work out because it, it doesn't, you know? Right. And the quote of the day for any 14, 15 year old who meets that 18 year old, 19, 20 year old, 30 year old, uh, that is hitting on them, coming on to them, saying things to the effect of you are mature for your age. You are not mature for your age. I will say it right here. You're not mature for your age. They should be disgusted by the fact that there is any attraction there whatsoever. I'm just going to yep. put it out there. I had it happen to me. All women probably have at some point or another uh, where, you know, that 30 year old is saying, oh, you're so mature for your age. That, that's like the first bullshit line. That's uh, so true. Yeah. So don't don't fall for it. That, it feels like a compliment when you're 14, 15. You're trying to defy your parents. You think you know more than they know. You know, you're trying to be an adult. You're right there. You're so close. And you just want your freedom. You want your independence. You want to find out who you are as a person. That's exciting stuff about life. But when this person over here is trying to distract you with this bullshit line of you're mature for your age, ignore. <laughs> ignore, ignore, God, ignore. That's so true. That's <laughs> no, so true. It's easy when you're, I mean... I think for like for any women who are wondering like why in their childhood they had these issues it sounds like Liz maybe maybe all three of us came from backgrounds where the parents weren't as involved I know mine weren't but it's easy to think you can trust all adults because they're adults they have all the answers but not all adults are trustable not very many at all yeah <laughs> so when these people are saying things to you you really there's some uh, some things about 
adulthood that you shouldn't question. There's some adults you shouldn't question. Like if someone is your professor and they're telling you to do your homework, do your fucking homework. Like don't question that. But like if somebody's saying shit that doesn't make sense, it probably reason why it doesn't make sense. If it's yeah. too good, it probably is. Exactly. Um, yeah. So where are you at now? I assume that lots of therapy has taken place. You lots of therapy. Look like you live quite well with all your very beautiful dogs. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. Gorgeous. They um they are the loves of my life for sure. Yeah, I you know, I had to go through just all of the the trauma as an adult. I felt like it was just all happening to me when I was 15, because really that's where I was mentally, I think, when I left. Um, So I went through all that. I ended up going to school, um, starting my own company, and I succeeded. And I was so lucky, like so fucking lucky. And then I married an awesome person who's my age, which is great. That's Which cool. is really great. It, it's <laughs> it's a little more balanced. It's a little yeah. more balanced. So yeah, at this point, we've been married for like 16 years, I think. Um, wow. So yeah, and we had to go through our ups and downs too. You know, all that trauma c- came back up. And I, I think it's not until this point, and I think maybe it's middle age, maybe it's menopause, whatever it is, it's fucking awesome because I just am me and I don't care anymore, you know, and I'm not trying to fit in. I'm not trying to, if, I mean, my husband wouldn't dare tell me what to do about anything, you know, and that's normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's healthy. It's better for them to just keep their mouths shut and not say anything. It's nice that you learned the first time around. It took me three. Uh, Yeah. Some of us kind of learned the hard way, but you learning so young, it was probably very impactful. Yeah. Um, So what, uh, and I don't know if Amy has additional questions, but some, something I would like to ask is what advice, um, besides red flags that you can notice, like what advice would you give women who maybe are struggling with this having happened to them or are going through it currently? Um, yeah, there's help. Reach out to women, reach out to women. And if you are in a place where, you know, I know I said a lot of stuff about 12 step programs, but if you are doing that, stick with your own gender or I found safety in like the LGBTQIA meetings like those are that's where I feel the safest that's where and with women um in general but that was like so safe for me and I I can't I I mean for years I I don't go anymore I still don't drink but um like for years, I, when I did go to meetings that were mixed, I I just hate it. It feels so creepy to me. So just be careful and watch that and don't connect with someone that's, you know, 20 years older than you are in a program. It's not normal. It's not okay. It's just bottom line is not okay. And Yeah. yeah. And do all the fucking therapy you can and find the right fit. Um, and I, you know, it takes time. It takes time too, but there's nothing that like, I wish I hadn't felt the pressure. I wish that at that point in time, I just could have had a minute to think, you know, cause I, I don't remember feeling that I did. So if anyone makes you feel that way, it's not okay. It's wrong. What is that phrase? It's halt. If you're hungry, anger, lonely, or tired, don't make decisions. Or yeah. in your case, if you're super young and impressionable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's the thing. They know that too. And I, I think that's why they, you know, they find lots of prey there. Um, in those situations, they know what they're doing. Not so, only that. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say not only that, they know exactly what they're doing, but this is a whole underground uh, that has several, several layers in terms of the music industry um, in itself. And the fact that so many of these artists way down underneath this layer are aware of what's going on. Not only are they aware of what's going on, they're pressuring these young men who are coming up in the industry to do the same. And yep. so I, I've heard yeah, a multitude yeah. of stories. Um, so not only are they like come under my wing for the older ones that have been doing this for years to the younger ones. And so they're also grooming young men right yeah. into these scenarios. And so these older men who are preying on these younger women, um, you know, there are so many stories. I mean, it's pretty twisted industry. And I wish at some point they would come out with something like this deep dive. And there are probably some things out there that kind of touch on some points. Um, yeah, Gina Davis yeah. has a whole documentary about it, about how Hollywood isn't uh, just systemically rooted in patriarchy and nepotism and sexual grooming. Yeah. And for years, people made fun of poor Corey Feldman, and he was <sighs> the truth, you know? Yeah. He's, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go see a show, but I don't still, he was. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, Justin Bieber has some stories, too. And honestly, yeah. coming up as a young, young kid, um, had many yeah. men behind him pushing and pressuring him to do things with with older women that he did not want to do. He was not comfortable with. And now uh, amidst his physical problems that he's he's dealing with as well. Um, he's so like has so much so many issues. Um you know, emotionally, mentally, in terms of his stability, he talks about how, and I just see it in his language, and I kind of, you know, you were saying, trust your instincts, Liz, and those types of things, and that I see it in his body language, and, and the way that he speaks now that he's married Haley, and I'm no expert on Hollywood or musicians, but I'm saying just when you see him speak, she kind of took him under her wing, and she's, it seems like she takes care of him, he, he went more to like this childlike prose of, you know, I was moving up too quickly. I was a child. I mean, the damage that that does to 14, 15, 16, that's like literally your most impressionable time. Yes. Yeah. That any, but anyone can fall victim to that. Yeah. And it sucks because it shouldn't be a luxury to be a kid, but it kind of is. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. That's a mouthful there. That's yeah. the damn truth. Sorry. Um, no, it's, no it's good. It's a really <laughs> good. good solid ending point. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Amy, did yep. you have any additional questions? or? Liz, no, you... no. I, I just want to say that I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing your story. Like I kind of mentioned before, I think it's so, so powerful. I think it's really important for women to speak up, speak out. Uh, the first thing we're told is to, you know, keep quiet. Um, so I, I think it's brilliant. I thank you for being here. I thank you for sharing your story. You have probably quite a good idea, but there are so many women who are right there where you were there, where you're at now. They don't know how to deal with this. Just to see that there's a friendly face that has had an experience similar. They don't feel so alone. I think this, this type of content is really important. So thank you for your time. Well, thank you. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to share my story. It's really, um, I, I really haven't ever shared it with, with very many people at all. And it's just been the last like year that I've been like, I'm ready to talk, you know, because enough, you're right. Our truth is our power. So I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to exercise that. And well, to I share do. Dolores with you too. Absolutely. Dolores is so cute. She's the best she? show. Oh man. She really is. <laughs> she really is. We she really is. Tease. 
No. no um, I too want to thank you for being here, Liz, and for being willing to come share um, and being brave enough to share your story. Um, do you uh, want to tell listeners at home where they can find you or where, yes. where your beautiful puppies at? They can see my beautiful puppies. I suck at every other platform except TikTok, and I kind of half-assed <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, it's see you next Tuesday. Um, and I assume there'll be a link or something somewhere, whatever, however this this podcasting business works. We'll make um, sure people can find you. Yeah, wait, yeah. wait. Can I ask you why it's see you next Tuesday? Um, it's my favorite word is cunt. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I, I was just curious. I was like, can I ask? Can I? <laughs> 100%. 100%. And that's part of it, too. Like, just, you know, if I, if I can leave young girls with one piece of advice, just be fucking weird and be yourself and don't be afraid to cut. That's just society telling you some bullshit that is all based on patriarchy. You just do you and whatever fart, cuss, whatever be you. And that's what makes us all so wonderful. So amen. Words to live by Amy, where can they find you at? You can find me on Instagram and on TikTok as dragonflies and whiskey and on YouTube as we mad. All righty. I'm the truthful G and I am also everywhere. You can't get away from me. Uh, <laughs> join us next week when we discuss upcoming elections, Elon Musk buying Twitter, and the recent release of tape conversations that Trump had with Kim Jong-un. Until then, remember, Doug, women do not owe you shit. See you next time. Thanks for listening, Doug. Die mad about it.